His official title is Fuhrer President. King is his name. Wait, really? Yeah, King is his name. Oh, wait, well. wait, 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 <laughs> no, wait. Oh my no. god. <laughs> I didn't know King was his first name. If we can have Regina King, we can also have King Regina. Okay? That's just no, 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 that's all the Yes, we can. You're making stuff up at this point. Lurking in the shadows, it's another episode of Full Metal Analysts. Welcome to our show, where three writers analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. And with us today, we have the return of our beloved friend, our beloved guest. Please welcome back to the show, Sarah Lerner. Hey, everyone. Absolutely delighted to be here. Before we do our recap, let's focus a little bit on the episode's crew, the people who directed and wrote this episode, Dory of Darkness. The director is Hiroshi Ikahara. He directed the episodes Reign of Sorrows, Those Who Lurk Underground, and a couple of other future episodes. He also directed on Tengen Tapa Grand Lagan and Kill a Kill. Oh, nice. I love oh, Kill a nice. Kill. The writer is Yoneki Tumura, wrote the episodes Envoy from the East, Father Before the Grave, and a couple more. Worked as an assistant BA on the 2003 anime, and they were also credited as a literary producer for Full Metal Alchemist, which, based on my research, is a script editor. Cool. They were Very scripted cool. out for the whole show. Moving up in the world. Yeah, I just found it really interesting that one of my other favorite episodes was also directed by this guy. So let's do our improvised recap. This is the moment in the podcast where one of us will do a 21-second improvised recap based on the roll of a dice. If it lands on one, it's me. If it lands on two, it's Arthur. If it lands on three, it's Mike. If it lands on four, it's our guest, Sarah. So let's roll the dice. Roll those, those dice. Two. Whoa, holy moly. All right, three, two, one, go. Okay, so here we are. Uh, Ed's inside Gluttony, and it turns out, oh my God, it's a failed portal, a uh, failed portal of truth, and uh, Envy is also there, and Envy turns into a big, big dog, and Al convinces Gluttony to go to Central, where it turns out that's where Father lives, and oh, the panda, the panda and Chow are best friends. That's it. That's good. No, good. that's not it. That's nice. something, that's something very important that he missed. What, what did I miss? Mustang being punished. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His all Mustang's crew is scattered to the wind. Is mm. scattered, transferred to various posts all around the country, and Hawkeye is transferred to the Fuhrer's own personal office so he can keep an eye on her. And probably what was my favorite scene of the entire episode. The uh, panda. From, no. Hold on, Mike. We're not going to get into panda talk yet. <laughs> uh, it's almost, it's almost like, but now we're, we're not gonna get into panda talk. <laughs> rain, we can rain in, a little, rain in a, a little rain in panda it. talk. No, okay. no, 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 no. All right, we're, we'll close it up. We'll close it up. <laughs> so my favorite scene has to be the one where Raph and Mustang have this conversation because this episode was basically three different instances of the good guys sitting down and talking to the bad guys. Oh, Envy and Ed and Ling, Al and Gluttony, and then you have Raph and Mustang. Where Raph is like, well, you fucked up, so now you're going to get punished in this unique way. And I can't really think of another show where, like, the villains are literally like, hey, sit down, good guys. Let's have a chit chat, you know? Like, right. That That is really cool. The discussion between Raph and Mustang was the only intentional one of those sit downs. And also kind of the only one that had any sort of, like, clear outcome within the episode. We haven't seen the end of the fight. and Yeah. We don't see uh, where Father is in Central. Although right. it, it did remind me that this episode also has three things happen, which is 
three moments we've seen quote unquote before where we're realizing what the actual story behind them was. I mean, we've seen mm. Bradley going down into father's lair before. We've seen the thing that started the war before, and we've seen the burial of Hughes before, but now we're learning the actual history behind these three events. Right, we're getting the homunculus side of all three of these things, which is very cool. Okay, wait, I gotta derail things for a second, because this is very important. How do I know that I'm really talking to the real Michelle, Mike, and Sarah right now. You guys could be Envy. Oh, right, right. Oh, that's oh, so that's I gotta, very good I gotta point. say things that only you, the real you guys uh, would respond to them, you know, the correct way. Michelle, Legend of Korra is overrated. No, it's not. <laughs> Look, you just... <laughs> um, okay, Sarah, you know what? I watched it again, and I, I don't really think there's any gay subtext in uh, Steven Universe. After all. Okay, so we're going to have to have some words. <laughs> so you should have said Hannibal. You should have said Hannibal. I should have yeah, said Hannibal. I actually thought you were going to go for Hannibal. I know, that would have been better. Mike? Mm. Panda. I love I love that little panda. Honestly, I would have known it wasn't Mike if he told me he didn't laugh at the hair jokes this episode. There were so many good hair jokes this episode. If we hadn't had those moments, I, I think when the boot part came we'd be like is this a joke but because we know what a joke sounds like in this episode when he's like we should eat leather is this moment of like oh they're really just can you really fucked. eat leather i'm actually curious you can it's organic material it does have nutrition like it actually has calories in it i mean yes but it's really inadvisable like it'll give you indigestion like whoa brotherhood has come leaps and bounds since episode one in terms of like balancing the jokes with the emotional moments yeah i do think sometimes it does go a little bit overboard i like the eric telepathy moment but that it comes after ed finding al's hand and being like oh yeah I, i'm glad he's alive and all that and he just goes eric telepathy and it's like it's like, okay, like, can we just, I mean, this is just an anime thing. That's how anime is. Anime is either eight or 80. They're never in the middle. I kind of like that moment because I actually had a brief, like, just, I, I like fully cop to this. Like, before he said that, I was like, is there some way that he can telepathically <laughs> use this alchemy to connect with his brother? Is there something I'm not thinking of? That they're going to reveal. And then you know what? Other shows would, that's a lazy writing thing that other shows would totally do. I thought they and were playing with like I, an established trope. That's what I think too. Also interesting that um, father would choose to make gluttony into the portal. Like of all of the sins, mm -hmm. the one that you feel is most related to the idea of the portal of truth is gluttony. I do have to say, well, what came first? Did he make these seven things and then was like, wait a second, seven? Oh, there's a fat one. There's a sexy one. Ah, I can. I know what to do now. Or was he actively being like, ah, "I'm gonna make my seven sins"? Oh, for sure, sins, because he was uh -oh. draining them from himself. I noticed that Envy says "our father" to Ed. You know. Yeah, like as in the seven homunculus. No, as in our father. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not gonna comment on that. Seeing the big dog reminded me of just how much CG characters oh, in anime has advanced. Because this is what? This is 2009, right? Yeah. Yes. Boy, there are some shots where you're like, that is very much a CG block. It's the way they move, right? Yeah. Like, there's that one moment when 
it's the shot from behind Envy looking towards Ed and you see like the tail lash and it's just like, no, that's incorrect. I feel like the only movie that's ever gotten close to mashing the smoothness of 24 frames Spider-verse. per second drawing was Sp- yeah, Spider-Verse. Oh, that was so good though. That was, that was incredible. And I've talked about this before with a friend, which is, and is the problem I had with the Dragon Prince. Dragon Prince, yeah. Yeah, it's not enough to just CG animate something and then stutter it into 24 frames per second. The difference is that with real animation, you are choosing what each of those frames are to be. You know, as like a human with eye experience will put together into a satisfying motion. But if it's completely automated, it's too stuttery and also too regular. Whereas the motion in animation is more abstract. It's not real. It's not completely even like that. Wow. It's the artifice. You might say that it's like a homunculus animation approximating yeah making making the big dog like move a little bit weird does kind of subconsciously send a signal to your brain yeah yeah Yeah. that this is not right yeah it doesn't look of course it doesn't look right it's not supposed to look to me i always think of like the last thing i remember trying to do that was tron legacy where they talked about how they wanted the fake young jeff bridges i think it was clue to look weird because he's a computer program. But the problem is that when you look at it, all you see is just weird young Jeff Bridges. You don't you don't you don't see a weird computer program. You just see yeah. young Jeff Bridges. They should have just made him a giant grid. Like a giant <laughs> ten by ten grid. Jeff <laughs> Bridges. Like, this is what he is now. No, he's Jeff he's Jeff Bridges. Should I watch oh, Strong Legacy God. again? <laughs> I think I should watch Tron Legacy again. Should you? I don't know. That all being said, I honestly think the big dog is very effective, and I like the big dog. He's a great big dog. I wanted to talk about the scene with Braff. It is my favorite scene, but it also reveals something so utterly terrifying about Raph, and that it removes the only humanizing moment we've had so far about him, which was the knowledge that he was, in a way, about, yeah. trembling during Hugh's death. And the revelation that, like, yeah, I was just angry because his kid will not shut the fuck up. It's such a, like, He's Jesus. trembling with rage and with suppressed rage. Also, That's I think awesome. they cut down the other arguably humanizing element of him, which had already been kind of, like, questioned and interrogated by the show. But he just straight up was like, I give zero fucks about my child my kid yeah yeah, yeah. when he was I like what if not a point of weakness i don't give a shit yeah. <laughs> whatever screw salim yeah um, it's just like but i know you're your problem and i'm delighted to absolutely yeah. fuck you over with it it feels like everyone is is completely screwed right now yeah it's like he made you clean up your 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 game <laughs> your game's over right now you gotta play his game now it's time for us to premiere a brand new segment here in Full Metal Analysts. Please bring on the classic music. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to First Take Theater. Reading actual posts by people who watched the show as it aired. Tonight's post comes from September of 2009. I voted okay for the episode, but now that I remembered the bad comedy in the first half, along with the terrible story with Xiao Mei, 
I can't believe they were serious there. I have to say that I didn't really like the episode. We know that Ed and Lang are going to make it out, so the whole idea that there is no exit is totally contrived to me. Mustang didn't get enough screen time, and Gluttony is just plain dumb. I meant that Gluttony is literally dumb, not bright. Taking Al to see father and just kind of talking like Elmo. The idea of Gluttony's stomach was better implemented than I thought it would be. Seeing Al go back to be mopey and useless without Ed is also disheartening. And that was First Take Theater, proving that when it comes to hot takes, there's nothing like the first. Well, okay, I hold, hold on, I wholeheartedly disagree with all of that. <laughs> can, we, can we address it or do we just let the bit Wait, by disagreeing with it, we need to talk about the thing that Mike has been wanting to talk about for the past 20 minutes. Everyone, it's time for Panda Talk. Go, Mike, talk about the panda. So basically, I just want to say that I really like this story about Xiaomei. And, you know, I thought it was really touching and interesting that Xiaomei has a, had a disease that made him that made her small. And, and, and I think it's really weird that she can float, you know, when she's, you know, in necessary times. But that's okay, because she's a little panda. And I also think that this show does something really well with characters, you know, even small bit characters that just show up and, and just disappear in that very same episode. And the panda, you know, is just proof that there's not, no character is too small to receive the full Metal Alchemist character treatment. And uh, that's all I'd like to say about that. Damn it. I, I just... mean, it really got me. It didn't get me. Really? So, <laughs> no. It felt like a parody of a backstory. Like if somebody was doing a parody of an anime and they were I like, know, but... you know how everyone has a backstory? What if a panda had a sad but somebody backstory? Somebody just spent like 10 minutes I mean... defending, giving someone the first name King. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> okay, listen. <laughs> That's different, though. <laughs> Xiaomei is interesting in the sense that this show has so many just, like, achingly beautiful backstories, as you said. In screenwriting, we're always taught that if you possibly can, you should cut characters and combine characters. And this show is just like, huh, fuck that. We're going to give you a cast of, like, 60. And we're going to make sure that you care about every single one. Yeah, and even the tiny panda. <laughs> I don't care about the panda. I care about the panda. Really? You're a monster. Mm, no, I'm You're not. just a monster I, it's then. It's the panda. No, but what That's do you like mean? That's like saying you don't First care about all. the cat. <laughs> what cat? Not a literal cat. Mm, that has been panda talk. <laughs> no, no, no. We're still in panda talk. We're still in panda talk. We're still in this. We're still in this. <laughs> I, just, I tried to end it. You know, just let the record show. Okay, keep going. It's a fucking panda. I'm sorry. Call me a monster. Do you like, do you like hate pandas in particular? No, I just think that at some point it goes from being actually emotional to being ridiculous. When you have like a two-minute flashback for a panda and the reveal is that the panda was small and so made shot. Like, they do everything you... together. They fight together. They sleep together. The panda is like is like her owl. <laughs> She learned to fight with That's the panda. That's actually diminishing to Al, that you're diminishing his role to the same as <laughs> a panda. Adorable thing. I, yeah. I don't think like... it's diminishing to be like, this is a parallel. We're not saying yeah. it's the same character. We're saying it's a parallel. And more than that, even, the purpose of the panda backstory is to show us why May will particularly care 
about Scar and his whole situation and why Scar will care about Maze. Wait, the reason why May is going to care about Scar has nothing to do with the panda. It has to do with their status as the as like members of clans that have been either totally. erased or about to be erased. Like if you need a panda to make me connect with I wouldn't it, be shocked it, 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 if that panda is is part of some greater alka historical plot. I'm just going to ignore that in showing <laughs> us um, the panda and that whole backstory. They needed to have a character other than May to symbolize where she came from and to show that she has connections and that she's fighting for something. I'm not the biggest fan of May in general, but I think that giving her a strong bond with something is smart and makes me care about her more. Yes, um, that's what I want to that say. That is what the, I was trying to say. Look, Basically, I'm therefore, gonna, I'm gonna, okay, here's it always a had to be a panda. There was no other choice. I can't believe we're actually comparing it to Avatar again. But I feel like the reason why Avatar got to do a whole episode about Appa is because not only does he have a purpose to be in the team, he is their method of transportation. He has an emotional position within the team where he is the last connection that Aang has to his culture. And so when Appa goes away, we initially feel bad for Aang because we're like, oh no, Aang just lost his dearest companion. And then when we have that episode about Appa, we already have that connection with Appa through Aang to be developed into a connection with Appa. Sure, but that's a totally I false I, comparison. I don't think, but I yeah, didn't. Xiao Mei is not like an essential part of the team. Xiao Mei is not it's like. Not. Sha- no, it's, it's, it's not. That's why, that's why I'm saying that this whole scene. I wasn't going to get into this, but. If you want to argue thematics, mm-hmm. I do. It's the smallest, weakest panda. It has a disease that makes it small and weak. May is a small girl from the smallest, weakest tribe that's going to go extinct if she doesn't save it. Like it's parallels. It's she sees herself in the panda. The panda sees itself. That's a good in her. parallel. I don't need and two minutes of a, sa- of a sappy both- flashback. They both will bite you. Showing you the to... panda carrying a, a pail of hay. I don't need that two minutes. I could have. I mean, that was pretty a... impressive, though, right? I don't think it's trying to be anything more than it is, which is like a cute little sidekick to May that she cares about. Look, we're just, I'm just gonna put an end to a panda talk because I don't agree with that, and I think we're we're not gonna spend the, the, the whole episode <laughs> talking about this goddamn panda. I Look, think this has been a, this has been a an intense tumultuous episode. A panda talk. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you for coming. It should be noted that I think it's unanimous that more, the pod, of course, endorses and supports this character. Yes. Play the song. <laughs> <laughs> now we know the thing to say when we need to check if it's Michelle. Yeah, seriously. I fucking hate this panda. <laughs> Such a bizarre <laughs> wait, choice. Before we can wait, keep talking wait, wait, about wait, wait, wait. Cutie music. Bring, it, bring panda talk for one second. I just want to say, like, Michelle made some really good points, though. And he has me thinking a little bit about this panda. He made some really good points when he compared it to Appa. And I, I you know, like, he had some legitimately true things. Like, you, you could, could the have panda said be better? That before I said, cut the-, <laughs> <laughs> the panda. And I think the answer is unequivocally no. Narratively, it had to be the panda from the very beginning. Look, we're all friends Sarah here. Are ultimately correct. I want to preface this whole thing. Uh, content warning we all get very angry about this panda, but we secretly love each other mike yeah yeah michelle do you want to talk about actually important things like maybe i don't know predicting what's going to happen in the next episode oh my god yes then let's get into an actually good segment of the show called mikey at the bat and not a panda yeah
Now's the moment in the podcast where Mike has to guess what happens in the next episode based solely on the thumbnail and the title of the episode. Mike, please describe the thumbnail we just posted on the chat. Okay, so what we got is Gluttony, and he's holding his hands up. He looks really excited, like he's just seen a thousand cheeseburgers. And behind him, of course, is Al and our lovable little panda on, on Al's shoulder. Um, and the panda looks a little nervous. And the episode is called Reunion. And I think my prediction is this is going to be an episode where everyone gets back together in the same room. <laughs> they're going to go to Father in Central and they're going to and, and Father's going to like open up Gluttony and get the guys out while they're fighting right when they're about to die probably and they'll run into um uh roy who will be working for the fuhrer because he has no choice and they'll be like what you're working for him and they'll be like oh i didn't can't believe this and he's like no i have no choice but i have to you know whatever and then they're gonna somehow either get away or maybe they'll just be in mid-conflict by the end of the episode. That's what I think. Now that Mike has given his prediction, it's time for us to grade this episode on a scale of one to five stars. I'm gonna get started by giving it 3.5 stars. I thought it was a really good episode. Um, the 1.5 stars I'm taking out solely because of some dodgy animation. I feel bad saying that. You know what? Okay, let me do it. Let me do it again. I'm going to give it four stars. I thought it was a really good episode. The reason why I'm going to take a star off is because, as you all can tell, I hate the fucking panda. And anytime the panda is on screen, I'm like, can we get him off screen? So that's why I'm taking off a star. Wait, so this would have been a five star episode without the panda. <laughs> this the show, the show would have been a five star show without the panda. I hate oh Shaman. Oh, oh my god, Jesus Christ. That's Are you saying terrible. this is a four-star uh, show? No, no. I, that right. was a joke, guys. That was a joke, No, 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 no. That was a joke, guys. That was a joke, He opened the door. He opened the gate of truth. And then it's all. And then it's all. And then it's all. gate of truth. Three and a half? Yeah, I think it's three and a half. Maybe 3.75. Because I can't do that. All right, fine. Four. It was very good. It was very good. I think I think four is solid. Comparing it to last week's episode, I enjoyed it more. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna give it five stars on this one. You know, oh. I, I didn't see any problems with this episode. I thought, thought it was really good. I really enjoyed the panda moment. You know, my heart did. I don't know about my mind because Michelle's made me think about some things differently, but I still enjoyed it. With my heart, and I'm gonna give it five stars. I follow the like Goodreads ethos of starring. Um, where four is like, that was an exceptional story. And five is like, this has changed me as a person. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give this a three and a half because I, I do think it's mine to four. <laughs> <laughs> too late, too late. <laughs> Sorry. I think it's a really good episode. Obviously I chose it to guest on. I really, really like it. I'm, I'm taking that half star off because while I do really like the structure of like these are three conversations between villains and heroes, I think they don't commit to it hard enough. As much as I love the panda, spending time on May and Scar's plotline kind of hmm. moves us away from that structure and distracts hmm. from it and creates the Game of Thrones problem of like there are too many meanwhiles here. We're not getting follow through on the plots that have started. So I think that it's weak structurally like that. But I just love the envy reveal so much. So 
And if you don't want to be stuck in an endless hell filled with blood and envy, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analysts. That's FM Analysts on Twitter. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a review. We love to read those. I'd like to thank our guest, Sarah Leonard, for coming. Do you have anything you want to plug? This was an absolute joy. If you're interested in seeing me paint screenshots from TV shows and movies, you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Dyed Productions. D-Y-E-D, like the fabric that changes the color of clothing. Before you go, we'd like to ask you to do your best full metal alchemist, just like they do in interstitials. Oh god, voices. Not my strong suit, but a full metal alchemist. We'd also like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. yeah, thank you, Sarah. If you'd like to see our Tumblr, please go to fullmetal-analysts.tumblr.com. Do be warned, there will be spoilers. That'll be all for now. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frosty. Bye. I'm not, you know what? I'm not saying bye. I think we're bringing back Tan to talk and we're no. settling this right now. No. No, Look, no, okay, no, so no, 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 no,